0: Episode six. Are you ready? Episode six in the mix. I'm ready. I think we're now bingeable almost at six episodes.
1: Okay. I mean, kind of. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. (laughs) Kind of not really, but close to it. We're getting there.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're building it. We're building it. We're building it. We're
1: trying. We're trying. So It's progress.
0: Episode six, we're going to talk about something um a practice that was pretty pretty horrific when you think about it i mean when you're when i was reading about it you know i'm like okay you know it happened whatever but when i sit and actually think about it i'm like that is just grotesque it is okay see
1: i have no idea what it really entails
0: baby farming baby i don't know what that means
1: though but don't 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 ruin i mean explain what you have to but yeah. like just
0: feed it feed it to me slowly and
1: you know and tell me what it is
0: okay so in late victorian late victorian times contraception is still in its infancy uh getting married or i'm sorry not getting get having a child out of wedlock would ostracize you from social life it was it was really frowned upon for the women. The men could get away with it. You know. they right. Nobody ever. But if a woman got married out of wedlock. It was just bad bad news. She's responsible a baby. for the baby. You know. So. She shows signs. Right. And. She's, she's got to give the birth. to out first. She's got to hide. For you know. The last couple of months. And then she's got to have the baby. And then figure out what to do with the baby. She's now the responsible party. For the baby. Right. But not all right. Only. you know, it's conceived out of wedlock. People were barely making it back in the day. So sometimes getting pregnant, even if you were married, it was a death sentence for you. Or for the baby. Like, it, you know, people died of starvation all the time. People right. starved to death. They were so poor. They lived in, you know, squalor. And it was just, that was just normal. Um. You know, there was no government aid for having children, uh, you know, in poverty. So what are your options? Excuse me. You could see an abortionist, but this is illegal at the time. And these abortionists are just underground uh, people who, you know, they sneak into a back door. They sometimes are able to remove the baby. Sometimes they kill the mom. There's no regulation of this at all. So if you survive the surgery and you're caught, you know, you could be hanged for this. So that's one option. And that is not probably the most popular option. Uh, You could try to end it yourself by visiting some obscure apothecary that will give you something to kill, to terminate the pregnancy. Uh, Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Another option, of course, is adoption. But there's no, like, adoption... Laws at this time so adoption is like placing an ad in a newspaper really it's like you know looking for a couple to you know with means to raise a child you know these are you, you could look through the paper and you could see ads couples would place ads that were like you know nice loving couple lives in the country looking for a child to raise as our own and sometimes those were legit. And sometimes they weren't. You had no idea of knowing because these were not regulated. So the last option would be the baby farmer. So what is a baby farmer? A baby farmer is a family who will raise the child as their own for a fee. Sometimes it is agreed upon that you will pay a weekly or monthly fee to help raise the child. Sometimes it's a large lump sum. Um, So if if like a wealthy man gets a young girl pregnant these baby farmers would know that they could get more money for this baby you know so right. they would look for those kind of scenarios but um in some sometimes these baby farmers would go into these contracts and the mother would have hopes of eventually like taking back her child once she's got enough money to get the child back so it was not always a permanent situation. So if you're pregnated by some rich man, he will pay the money. If you just simply can't afford it, you can arrange payments. Doesn't seem so bad of all the options you have here. You know, you're hoping this family raises and cares for your baby. You're hoping, right? So here's, you know, the horrors of baby farming. So tales from around the globe of infanta- infanticide caused by baby farmers eventually led to restrictions by the government to help protect the children. For a lot of babies, this came way too late. Just way too late. If you've ever read the book Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens, Oliver is raised in a baby farm prior to being sent to a workhouse. So, you know, not all of all of these ended in infant infanticide, but quite a quite a lot did. Um wow. so, on October 11th of 1870, we're in London right now. A crowd is pouring in around these gallows. This isn't a usual execution. No, this one is very different. Everyone shows up to see this. Everyone. Right on time, the prisoner is being led out of the walls of the prison onto a platform. The noose is placed around the neck of the prisoner. Any final words, ask the executioner. A meek voice is heard saying, I am innocent, before the platform opens underneath her. This is the first woman ever executed in the UK. Her crime, baby farming. Margaret Walters would use laudanum, which is like opium, to suppress the baby's hunger and keep them relaxed while they slowly starve to death. So, you know, these Hmm. horrible atrocities... Of Margaret Walters put baby farming kind of on the radar. Everyone, you know, heard about Margaret Walters. She would, but, she would like coax these, these women, to giving them her babies, and she, the ones she couldn't adopt out, would feed laudanum. Chill. Nothing, nothing but laudanum, and they wow. would, just, they would be relaxed, but they would slowly be starving to death. It usually took about two weeks for these babies to die from their opium overdose. Wow. Yeah. They're horrible, but literally nothing compared to this next story. Amelia Dyer is probably one of the most well-known baby farmers. Born in 1836, Amelia had this spectacular childhood. Her father was a shoemaker, and he always kept his children nicely dressed, and he gave them all great educations. Amelia could read and write, which was very different for the time with uh, middle-class or lower-class children. You know, they usually, because they needed to be working to help, you know, the family sustain, they really didn't have much time for school. But he made sure that his kids were well-educated. Amelia grew up loving poetry and literature. So for being like a lower class um, child she really did have a pretty good um, upbringing. Except that her mother is diagnosed with typhus. So what is typhus? It's a bacterial infection which can be treated with antibiotics. But of course we're way too early on the timeline for antibiotics right now. Untreated Typhus can cause delusions and affects the state of mind. Her Mm, mom. That's scary. Yeah. This is very common among poor sanitation areas where crowding is present, which, you know, kind of shows, you know, even though she had a, a, a nice upbringing, she still obviously the house that they lived in was still squalor. Um, Amelia is forced to watch her mind, her mom slowly lose her mind with fits of rage. Mm. So until until Amelia's mom passes away, she's witnessing her mom just slowly decline and and she just has these horrible outbursts and stuff. Um, it's just a really sad thing for her to have to say to you know watch and doctors will later say this had an immense effect on Amelia. So after Amelia's older sister dies, she's sent away to live with her aunt, where she takes up an apprenticeship making corsets. In 1959, her dad her dad passes away as well. So she's seen a lot of loss. She's seen a lot of loss yeah. sent away because her dad couldn't take care of her when her mom died, and then her older sister dies. So she's sent off. Um, Amelia eventually marries a man named George, but here's the weird thing. Like, he is 59 years old at the time, and she is, like, barely 20, okay? And while that's not illegal or anything, it was very strange at the time. Um, Yeah. So when they go to the courts, George pretends he's 45, and Amelia bumps her age up to 30 to kind of close that gap in. I don't know why they lied about it, but you could just do that apparently you could just go get a marriage license and be like i'm 12 you know you, can whatever you want so after the the wedding amelia takes up nursing she goes to become a nurse um, this is where she meets a midwife named ellen dane and ellen tells amelia about this easy way to make good money she's like you can use your home as lodging you let illegitimate children come live with you, then farm them off for adoption. You can make a shitload of money for the time. Why do they call it farming? Farming sounds so freaking It does. It does. Crazy. I, honestly, I don't know why it, it was adopted the name baby farming, necessarily. I right, because it lit-
1: sounds like fostering. Right.
0: Right. So, anyway... <laughs> so she would they would farm them off for adoption i guess maybe but what we are not sure of is whether or not ellen puts the idea in her head to let the children pass on so right you know, it's possible that ellen was like you know if the baby's not adoptable you can just off it but i'm not sure but in 1869 when george passes away she needs income She's lost her husband. That's, that's it. You know, for a Victorian woman, being a single female is bad news.
1: Right. So, Amelia,
0: Amelia starts placing ads in the newspaper. She is a nurse looking to adopt or care for a baby in return for payment or adequate clothes for the child. Is what her ads would say. So when she meets these parents. She assures them that she's married. Which she's not. And that she has a safe loving home. But since she's a widow. You know. She needs to change this up a little bit. Because people are not really buying this. So she gets married again. To a man named William Dyer. They marry in 1872. And this helps her business boom. She just needed that husband. To show that she's got this loving house. That she just wants to take in these children. Oh. And raise with parents. Someone just sent me a message. Saying they know who the. People who robbed the flea market are. So that's cool.
1: Sweet. Yeah. So. uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyways.
0: Back to the story. So she. Kind of scary. Yes. She decides. To not go the cruel route. And let the children starve. Which
1: okay. I'm okay. glad she didn't start that right from the get go.
0: So instead she strangles them. She allows herself. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is she strangles them, which means that she no longer has to use the money the family gives her to raise the child. She just pockets it. So she's okay. she's collecting these large she is I mean, we'll get to this, but she makes a shitload of money doing this.
1: She's Especially money for- hungry.
0: Yeah, so the police are suspicious when a doctor comes alarmed at the number of death certificates he's writing out. So, okay, at the time, she's, like, making up reasons these babies aren't surviving. Because, okay, again, at this time, it is not uncommon for a newborn to not make it. It is not. It is very common for newborns to die. But this doctor is alarmed at the number of death certificates she's requesting. Right. So, in 1879. Like, you're not doing so su- like, you're not, maybe you're not doing
1: such a good job. Right.
0: So, in 1879, she is arrested, but this does little to no good, as the charges are dropped to negligence, and she is sentenced to only six months of hard labor, and then released. Hmm. Like Okay. Yeah. I don't know how many babies had died at this point, but, like. Anyways, so when she's released, she tries to resume her nursing career, but her quote-unquote spells keep landing her in an asylum. So she's constantly going the crazy route because she watched her mom do it, and she knows how to, like, mimic that. So to stay out of trouble a lot, she'll just go, oh, I had a manic breakdown, you know. She knows how to play it up. Among her diagnoses, so she's diagnosed with things like mental instability and suicidal tendencies, so we don't think that she's actually crazy. I don't honestly. Okay. Okay. I I think she was just money hungry. So after she's, you know, let out of these asylums, she begins abusing alcohol and opium, which were you know, opium at the time was completely legal. You could buy it at the drugstore. It was wow so that there were chi- there were children medications to help calm the opium in it. Wow. So, that's the time the time we're living in. So clearly, I was born in the wrong time. I think, but <laughs> I am allergic <laughs> yeah. to opiates. so <laughs> Probably right, would have made it. right, right. So in 1890, she is given the baby of a governess, and the governess obviously it's not said, but it's implied the governess got pregnant by her <sighs> family's the family she worked for the husband. Okay. And he's obviously very wealthy because she's a governess and he can afford a governess. So she knows she's going to get this large sum of money for this child. Unlike the poor parents she's used to, this child is an illegitimate child of like a super wealthy man. So the governess comes back to visit the child. And Amelia hands her a baby and says, okay, this one's yours. But the governess (sighs) is like, uh. That's not my baby. She like takes, she strips the child down of all of her clothes, looking for the birthmark that her child had on its hip, and it's not there. So she flips the fuck out. Okay? So after this debacle, she attempts a laudan- laudanum overdose, but it, she ultimately survives this. So she's... Oh, the mom? No, no, no. Amelia. Amelia oh. tries to overdose on laudanum. But okay. she survives this. You know, I think the debacle with the governess, like, calling her out on her bullshit... She got scared that she was about to get caught and tries to overdose. Now, whether or not she actually tried to overdose or, you know, she just took too much laudanum because of stress, I don't really know. But immediately, almost
1: calmed her nerves.
0: uh, Right. Almost immediately, she falls back into baby farming. But this time, she doesn't send for a death certificate. She's gotten a little smarter. She can't okay. be having the doctor knowing, so she, deci- she decides to dispose of them herself in her garden. Mm. And it's funny because it even said, like, it's not funny, nothing about this is funny, but it was said that, like, her new husband, William, she would not let William, like, go dig in her garden at all. Like, he was not allowed to go in the garden. So it's very obvious, like, she's disposing of them in her garden for a while, you know? Right. So, again, she William, starts... William, none
1: the wiser. Right. I was
0: like, William, how do you not know babies are just dying right and left in your house? But, anyways. Right. So, she starts gathering unwanted attention again. Families are coming back to claim their kids. And, because of this, it's causing them to have to move a lot. So, they're constantly fleeing to a different place and starting over, you know. She goes under aliases right. at this point. So, she'll take the baby, kill the baby... And then disappear. she takes the payment and just you know, so when the parents come back for the child, they can't find Amelia anywhere. They
1: just, wow, yeah, that's horrifying.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really is. She was very successful at dodging people for years. I don't know how. it just must have been super easy at the time. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, because people don't just go missing and you know indefinitely anymore, but um, let's see. In January of 1896, a 24-year-old unmarried barmaid gives, ner- gives nurse, oh God, gives birth to an illegitimate daughter. She's distraught over how she's going to be able to work and care for this baby. So she places an ad in a paper that reads, Wanted, respectable woman to take a young child. She planned yeah. to reclaim her child, but needed help so, she could, you know, work and, and raise money so that she could bring her daughter back in. Um, and oddly enough, her ad sits right above another ad that says, Married couple with no family would adopt a healthy child, nice country home, terms 10 pounds. Which means, you know, they want 10 pounds to, to take in someone's child. They want payment for it, not pay somebody for their baby. But Right. So the barmaid responds to this uh, now, quote unquote, Miss Harding is now her name, not Amelia Driver. So Miss Harding's ad. And almost immediately hears back from Amelia. She says, Mrs. Harding, I should be glad to have a dear baby girl, one I could bring up and call my own. She continued, we are a plain, homely people in fairly good circumstances. I don't want a child for money's sake, but for the company and home comfort. I and my husband are dearly fond of children. I have no children of my own. A child with me will have a great home and a mother's love. So the barmaid is like, that's that's awesome. That's What else could I ask for? She's then asked, you know, can you pay the 10 pounds? And the barmaid is like, I'm in absolute dire straits, but I will figure out how to raise the 10 pounds. When a much older woman than what the barmaid is expecting shows up, the barmaid is alarmed. Because at this point, Amelia is much older. And she wasn't expecting a, an older couple to come and be adopting a baby. So, right, yeah. She's, like, super alarmed by this. But the woman seems super affectionate towards her daughter. So she agrees and hands over the baby to Amelia. Amelia assured her that they would be heading off to their country home in Reading. And they would be in touch. Reading is just a city in the UK. um, So she tells her, you know, this is where we're headed. This is my home. We'll be in touch. So that you can, you know, be informed on the, the upbringing of your child. Instead... God, this never is
1: seen again. Well, Amelia
0: immediately goes to her daughter's house in London. Okay, and she finds some white dressmaking tape, and immediately she slowly strangles the child. She does it slowly because what she says is, "I used to like to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it was soon all over with for them." She liked watching the them struggle and the the pain. So she's caused. sadistic. Very sadistic. Very. So she wasn't just strangling them. She's doing it slowly with tape, and you know it's kind of like masking tape. It's dress. And she's getting tape. P- pleasure out of it. Pleasure. It took a long time to watch to, for these children to die. She enjoys every second of it. It can't last long enough for her. So I guess she runs out of you know garden space at some point, and eventually starts rolling them in carpet and weighting them down, and just throwing them into the River Thames. Hmm. She's found this, like, really secure spot in a place called Caversham Lock. And, you know, so she goes to this secluded area on the River Thames, and that's where she's dispatching them. In March of 1896, a bargeman sees a parcel in the river and pulls it out. To his horror, it's an infant with white tape wrapped around its neck. Oh, my God. And there's actually some pretty good detective work here. So Amelia had used packing paper. And on it, you could still kind of make out an impression of part of a name and an address. So the police are able to, like, piece it together. It didn't take them long to find her. Really? Um, Yeah. And instead of arresting her on the one murder, they set up a sting operation. So they sent a young girl her way. And when Amelia agrees to take the child for money, the police come in and arrest her. There's only proof of three murders at this point. Why? Because this is illegal, baby farming or whatever. Like, is illegal to take a baby. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I guess. I mean, right. it, I mean, it seems to be pretty commonplace with it ads being placed in a newspaper. But yeah. <clears throat> so Amelia is only charged with three three counts of infanticide. Um, but her total is is astronomically higher than that. It's like hundreds. And we don't know for sure. It's like between three and five hundred kids. It's like insane. Wow. Yeah. Her infamy was so immense. She's like the first, she's the first um, serial killer in in Britain. So, her number is way higher. But her, infancy, her infamy is so immense that people actually thought she might be Jack the Ripper. So, think about this. She's, Jack the Ripper would go and remove the uterus of the women that he would kill. Like he would use surgical precision. And Amelia is a nurse. She's removing uteruses. Like she's all you know, doing underground abortions, and these women are dying. So people were starting to think maybe she's Jack the Ripper. And there's actually a quite a, a good um argument for this case, but Again, that's just right. They never,
1: they never found Jack the Ripper, did they? Right.
0: No. It took the jury only four point five minutes to sentence her to hang for wow. this. So even after her her death, babies were found and tied to Amelia. Like you know, after she's been hung for this, they're still digging up babies, and they're like, "Holy shit!" You know. So that's how she only got tried for the three, but you know, she um was eventually tied to like 500 children or something like that. Holy Almost shit. 600. Yeah. Yeah. You would think the news of this would deter anyone from doing this, but unfortunately, it did not. Her being hung for baby farming didn't stop anybody else from doing this. There's lots of stories, I'm only going to go over a couple. Um the next the next uh baby farmers we come across here um Annie Walters and Amelia Sack. So, can I say? As,
1: can I ask something?
0: Yeah. Were
1: there baby farmers that did not injure the babies? Yes. And then, like Amelia well, wasn't. I assume
0: so. Right. And because it was like it was a it was an underground practice that helped these women who would get pregnant out of wedlock. I have to assume that a lot of these babies were adopted out. I would hope so. But this did not stop people from taking it too far. Right. So we've got um, uh, Annie Walters and Amelia Sack, also known as the Finchley Baby Farmers. So Sack operated a lying-in home. Um I don't know. I don't really know how to explain a lying in home. But kind of like allowing women to have their babies there, I guess. Okay. And around the 1900 mark, she starts advertising that the babies can be left behind for a price. Okay. You know, so if as the women would come in to go into hiding and give birth, she would go, you know, you can just kind of casually walk out if you drop some money on the table just leave the baby here and i'll take care of it this becomes a super popular uh idea among wealthy men obviously who have impregnated their staff right this pair was a tag team so sack would acquire the baby for a price and then take it to walters who would give it chloridine which is morphine and poison them so
1: kill the baby not even like not what not even head? try to
0: far not even try to adopt it out. It was right. straight to the to the other lady's house where the other lady would give them chloridine and poison them. Wow. They weren't super successful at this because it only lasted until February third of nineteen oh three when they were hung together. There was a, a double hanging, like it was a huge spectacle because it was two women being hung together. And I can't really talk about baby farming without talking about the most famous case from Canada. Canada. And it's it's more recent, which is really sad. Yeah. So the ideal maternity home was operated from 1928 to 1947 by a quote-unquote chiropractor, and an unordained minister of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. William Peach Young.
1: So he's not only
0: not a real doctor, he's not even an ordained minister, but he's pretending to be both, okay? William Peach Young, alongside his wife, Lila Gladys Young, a quote-unquote midwife and quote-unquote obstetrician. She's neither. She is neither of these. So they opened it oh, this place opened originally as the Life and Health Sanitarium which a sanitarium is where people would go to, to get mentally well like okay If you were, if you were like um, wealthy and you needed a retreat, that's what a sanitarium really was. Okay so the name later changed in the 20s. But was an unlicensed maternity home, which promised its patrons not only maternity care for married couples in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, but it also provided private birthing and child placement for unwed mothers. Women were charged $500 for this, sup- this service, which is super hefty price at this time. The average pay... When, when was this? This is the 1920s. Oh, okay. So, okay. The average weekly pay at the time was only $8 a week. So $500 is huge. You know, babies were sold on the black market at this time for upwards of $10,000 per child. Holy
1: crap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how money
1: selling a baby than you would freaking killing it. killing it. Yeah. All right.
0: Kind of. So that's $10,000 for like a premium baby. Blonde haired baby. Okay. Baby. Yeah.
1: Housing 80 to
0: 125 at the time, it's Canada's largest maternity home on the East Coast. Between 800 and 1,500 babies were born during its operation. Wow. That's a lot. That's a
1: lot. That's a lot of babies
0: the department of health first started noticing the youngs around 1934 due to the fact that the couple had reached stardom within the population of prominent families in nova scotia like even politicians loved the youngs they were rubbing elbows with the the higher ups
1: okay and, why and the
0: department of health started like note taking notice however due to lack topic of child welfare and adoption there was really little they could do about it they just they just kind of recognized that something shady was going on but had no recourse whatsoever to stop it. Okay. In 1935 they finally get charged with fraud for charging child care expenses for deceased children. So Oh god. Yeah, that was like really all they could get them on is they're still charging these um funds to the parents you know. And the babies
1: are no longer there. There's also a death certificate. Then in
0: 1936, they are charged with manslaughter in relation to the death of a baby and a mom, but they were later acquitted of these charges. Oh, wow. Yeah. In 1942, they're involved in an inquest related to a recent adoption. But that's really it for 1942. In 1946, the government again failed to prosecute the Youngs for having overreached their medical qualifications, but they were convicted of seven violations by the Maternity Board Housing Act. So, uh, eventually there was some legislation and they were able to charge the youngs. They were, but it was really just fines. It wasn't like, like it wasn't anything that wasn't like, yeah, like, jail time. Right. So what did the youngs do? They changed the name of their home to Battle Creek of Nova Scotia Rest Haven Park to avoid avoid more trouble with the law. Okay. All right. So what did they do? What was eventually discovered is just egregious. Like just awful. So when babies were born that were considered unmarketable okay, so a baby's born, it's quote-unquote unmarketable, they would only feed that baby molasses and water. And that usually took about two weeks for them to starve to death on that diet. So any deformities, birthmarks, it sealed that baby's fate. There were babies, the babies that died were disposed of in these small wooden dairy boxes called butter boxes, yeah.
1: Thus, i've heard this story the, the butterbox butter babies
0: yep they were buried all over the property adjacent to the cemetery sometimes even disposed of in a furnace in the home mothers would mm. be told that their babies didn't make it through childbirth when in fact they had but right either dollar signs or a death sentence so you know if if a baby was born and it was like super marketable and could make them money, they would tell the mom, sorry, your child passed away. And they would adopt it off for like 10 grand. Right. Babies that didn't get killed suffered unsanitary and horrifying conditions. So often leading to ailments. So for some of those surviving babies, they, you know, they did a study on the ones that survived this. And there's still some that have ailments that they've had since they were a baby because of the living conditions that they were in neglect. As a child. Yeah. If a baby was born with blue eyes and no marks, this baby was taken from the mother before she could see it. She would be told it's it died and this child would be sold for tens of thousands of dollars with no screening of the adoptive parents. So yeah. It was really like you have money. Not are you gonna take care of this child? There's no telling what happened babies born without the desirable traits would be left there in its own filth until it succumbed to starvation so Aww. there were just babies they there were some descriptions of like people coming in there and like just seeing babies stacked out on a bench just crying what yeah just because they're they're hungry these babies are starving so they're right. just crying they don't know how else to you know to to be, they don't know, you know, they don't understand. They just know they're in pain. Start right. to death is harsh. I mean, it really is. Oh yeah, place just absolutely deplorable, absolutely deplorable. So, did they catch any charges? What no. do you think? Here is where it gets really sick. So, the government finally comes in with charges. They think they can stick. They threw charges and fines at the Youngs galore. This brought the Youngs bad publicity. They developed serious financial issues because of this. They did the sue back but they lost, filing bankruptcy, and at, as you know, they're they're penniless at the Eastchester, and they went to Ontario. Um, they never went to jail for any of this. Their home eventually burns to the ground in 1962. William dies of cancer. Lila returns to Nova Scotia and resumes her teaching career. Like, let's just talk about how fucked up that is for a chance for just a second. No doubt. So all these babies are dead. And she's going to be a teacher in town that she was caught killing these babies in? Yeah, all right. In 1969, Lila dies of leukemia. And that is how will It is estimated that in their... Over $3.5 million. And they only ever paid out $150 wow. in penalties and fines. Wow. That's what I want to know. Okay, so $3.5 million in their career. And they paid $150 in fines. But the fines bankrupt them? Like,
1: I, right? No.
0: Well, they're obviously not doing something right. They were obviously living outside of their means, even though they made quite a good living doing this. But yeah, I don't know. So that's or they
1: had them. They had the money hidden, right?
0: Maybe. Like, I mean, they kind of they they leave town because they're they've declared bankruptcy. They leave town, and then William dies. So Lila moves back. Well, you know. Anyway, they move away, penniless. They come. William dies. Lila comes back because her house is burned down. Um, but that, from what I read, the house the this rest haven still exists. So the house that burned down must be their house in the the other town they went to in in Sudbury, Ontario. Um, Oh, okay, but. Because of these these trial these uh, stories that I'm telling you, uh, a lot of legislation was put into place. So in the UK, the UK did it first. They were like, "We've got to do something to to save these children." So they started putting legislation in place um, to protect children from these sort of circumstances, from being born in these circumstances. They started offering, you know, programs for unwed mothers contraception becomes better uh, you know and uh, abortion even eventually becomes legal so it's it's all because of these baby farmers that we have all this legislation in place to protect these children i mean children have children in the elderly are just the you know they need someone to, to speak for them and take care of them so definitely that is that is the end of the baby farming story that was a really short one but
1: That was a short one.
0: It was. Um, that is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: It was. Crazy it, that.
0: You know, and like, you, you don't, as I was writing it, you know, I'm like, okay, so it, it becomes statistical to me. It's like X number of babies dead. But then you start to think about a child just laying there.
1: Yeah, just, yeah, weeks. exactly. And it's like, how can you hear those screams? Exactly. Like,
0: well, you know, they would give them, the people who gave them laudanum and stuff, or chlorodine, because they didn't want to hear them crack.
1: Right. Well, yeah, so that, like, is, like, an evolution of it, because it's like, if you're gonna let a kid just lay there and starve, like, that pulls at some part of you. I feel you would- like, um,
0: It has to, but, I mean, do you ever, I guess you get numb to it, or you just don't have empathy at all in your brain. Like, psychopaths don't have any empathy whatsoever. I guess, but. They can't make connections with people. They don't feel How many,
1: damn, how many are there?
0: Psychopaths? I guess
1: that, tons.
0: Oh, I'm sure. But.
1: But I mean, I don't know. That's just nuts. Well, like Amelia.
0: Did Amelia's mother really fuck her up that bad that she has zero empathy for a child? That she likes
1: to watch children
0: slowly die. Right. No. Like it. It couldn't. She's fucked up from the beginning.
1: Who knows? Yeah.
0: I mean, to enjoy watching a child suffer.
1: Right. That's.
0: Like, killing them over a 10-minute period or whatever just to get satisfaction out of it. Like, I don't know.
1: Very um, childlike. Like, I don't know. Maybe she just didn't grow beyond,
0: I don't know. When her mom died. I suppose. Yeah, maybe
1: that's where she just stopped. And she didn't care about mentally suffering. (laughs) Right, and she and she didn't care about suffering because she, you know, suffered. I don't know. Yeah, It's crazy. I mean, we all have those that's choices.
0: A, that's a lot of babies. That's and even a lot the of babies. babies. The Butterbox babies reached in the hundreds. was a lot of babies. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've I've listened to a story on the Butterbox babies. It, you know, that's and crazy. I.
0: I had heard about the butterbox babies, but I didn't connect it to baby farming for some reason until I started researching this.
1: Well, baby farming once again—it sounds very. I mean, that term just sounds crazy. Like, um, I, I don't know what I don't know what it's making me think of exactly, but not like I said, a, adoptive services.
0: Well, you got think like, of it as like what is farming? Farming is growing stuff for profit
1: right okay things for
0: profit so i guess it kind of makes sense they're farming babies it just it's just yeah it does it does it really the, the practice doesn't deserve a better name than that because it really is just that cut and dry these people had absolutely no feelings whatsoever and right, And then I well, just wonder
1: if the normal, if the normal people that did it to actually help the children and help the moms, like, were were they called baby farming as well? Like, yes, yeah. I'm sure that there was people that did it that didn't. I want to have...
0: say baby farming is probably a term that was given when it was found out that they were killing them, I guess. I, I don't really know if everybody, you know, anyone in the adoptive services was called a baby farmer, per se, or maybe they just, maybe they were. Maybe that was before adoption was a thing. It was called baby farming. Well, that
1: there were legit homing places like, you know, because there were places where you could go and hide away and have your baby and leave it at the orphanage. Yeah. But gosh, even those places like, you know, you hear horror stories about some of those places, but there had to have been
0: if you're Good places. A, an unwed mother, and you—you know you can't afford. You know that if you kept your child, it would be certain death for you and that child because you cannot afford to feed yourself and the child. Right. Uh, you have very few options back in the day, and you're thinking—you know—they can't be stupid to the fact that these adoption and workhouses are just deplorable. You know, right. again, bring but bringing back like Oliver Twist, horrible, horrible scenario Oliver Twist grew up in. So you don't want to do that to your child. So you're like, okay, this person says that they have a loving home. They just want a child, and maybe I can afford to to buy back my child at some point. You want you know, oh when my God. situation's a little better. I, I I have to think that, you know, if I was in that situation, I would probably look for something like that.
1: Props to any woman that has ever had to confront that. that decision. Oh, God, yes. Um, of anything. Adoption. Abortion. Um, yes. Keeping the child, knowing that, that they don't know how they're going to do it. I don't care. Um, when it comes to a child, it's just like the love is immense. Yes. And I feel I feel for anyone that has to make any choices.
0: It's like a that. horrifying decision to have to make because I mean there's there's nothing like the bond that well, you've obviously heard stories of mothers who just don't bond to their child, but for the most part people you know immediately there's this immediate love that they have I child. think that there's more, fam- there's
1: more families out there that have their own children than there are, well, then again, I don't know, in America. I mean, then again, I, do, I, I don't know well, about adoption, other countries or whatever, but yeah.
0: Adoption is now a a viable option that isn't as risky because right. you know, a lot of the un- unwed mothers or even wed mothers who just know they cannot afford this child... And they want a good home for their baby. You know, they can choose adoption and they can also be involved in the process if they want to. They can be involved in choosing the parents. And sometimes the new parents will keep in touch with the mom, you know. I Right. That wasn't really an option back then because adoption wasn't really a thing. There was orphanages that you would just house homeless children.
1: There was a story I heard about people and, like, essentially the mothers were so indebted that they could never leave the house and they were, like, working for the couple. And it yeah. might have been the Butterbox children couple. I'm not sure. um, But, like, it, it, as soon as they would think they could leave with their child, mm you yeah. can't. Because, like, you're staying here for, you know... X dollars, $10 a week, but you're getting paid this much, and da, da 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 da. And then, like, and then you can't leave with your child, so then you're not gonna want to leave. That's just horrifying,
0: yeah. I mean, when there was no livable wage for a lot of people, and people get pregnant, I mean, it happens, obviously, it happens, <laughs> excuse me, you're right. You know, there was no there were no laws that protected those children. There were no laws that protected those mothers. There was no government aid to help them. Um Yeah. I mean right. that and when there is nothing like that in place, shit like baby farming comes. I'd like
1: to know if there was any baby farmers in
0: the United States. Oh I'm sure.
1: I'll I'm have to sure. I
0: can I can definitely look that up, but I'm sure there were. Well, you
1: know, you know.
0: There was um I went over just like the more well known because they right. were they were they did so much killing. Like they're well known because their numbers are just horrifying.
1: They're, they are murderers.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's nuts. The butterbox babies, they they housed up to fifteen hundred babies were born there, okay? And the majority of them didn't get adopted out. So oh. You know, it, it's just, well, I mean, I guess, I guess more than half of them did, but that's not a good number. That's not, half right. is not Yeah, half of 1,500
1: babies. The second half of your business is a lacking. Yeah. You're not like, finding houses.
0: Like, half of the homes. children that you're supposed to be finding homes for end up in a box in your backyard. And that's not oh. good numbers. That's not a good uh, ROA. No, not at all. I don't know. But they made... I mean, in a time when $8 a week was the average pay, they made $3.5 million doing this.
1: Yeah, and that's insanity. That's so much money. Especially back then.
0: It's a lot of money now, but it is a lot of money. shit
1: ton of money back then.
0: Right. I mean, even to charge $10,000 for a baby... Now is pretty, I mean, adopting a baby is probably 20 to 30, maybe upwards of. I was thinking like 50 to 60, yeah, and that's not quite sure, right? So, in 1820, for it to cost 10 grand is insane. Like, obviously, there are not a lot of people who can afford to pay 10 grand for a baby, right.
1: so a lot of on the black ordering... market. What I said on the black market.
0: Oh, all of this was black market. Yeah, black market. Right. They were adopting babies on the black market. But I mean, it's still is like, if if you're looking for customers that can afford ten grand, you know, it's kind of like owning a McLaren dealership. You know, you're not going to sell a lot of them but so you got to charge a whole lot of money for it <laughs> right. right to make up all of your costs <laughs> like you know not everybody can afford that kind of car so you know you got to make up for that somehow by charging even more for it right but yeah so that I mean we kind of have baby farmers to thank i guess for all the legislation that's put into place because you know they they're looking at this like we've got a problem here. People are just killing babies when they're supposed to be adopting them. And we're not, we have absolutely no recourse. We have there's no laws in place that we can try them for this. I mean, other than murder, which is like, it's murder and murder has always been a no-no, right? Like, there's never been a time like, murder's fine. So these babies were murdered. I don't know why Child services and stuff couldn't just step in and go, okay, you murdered babies. They're like, oh, we can fine you on negligence. No, negligence is still like murder. It might. Well, not it was, be so, first much, degree it was murder, so much. It was so much word. Like no it's, way
1: to prove the death, and then so much like word of
0: mouth, and then I don't know. It's funny though, in all these stories that I've told, it always starts with you know, the police or something noticing these people and waiting a while to do anything about it. Which I get. Right. It's frustrating as hell for police to know something bad is going on but have absolutely, their hands are tied. Because there's, they have to figure out, not only, like, is this person doing something wrong, can I prove it in a court of law? That's right. That's where the problem always, you know, I get so frustrated when criminals get off on things. But it's like, because they're just, circumstantial evidence isn't enough to really prosecute someone. Right.
1: And then again, you don't
0: want anybody to be wrongfully
1: accused. so.
0: But we're also talking, the first, you know, Victorian times, people would hang for stuff that people nowadays get a slap on the wrist for. Thank God, right. Like people there was crimes that were punishable by death were very light. In in retrospect. You could be hanged for some like for stealing. Like you could be you could be hung for just like I mean some right. serious things. Uh talking bad about the king. Like you're dead. You're done. You're done. Hang him. You could kill babies, though. It's all right. Okay,
1: what are we going to talk about next time? I have a couple
0: of ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I was going to do... This episode was going to be something else, so I probably will fall back on that one. And it's about the boys' school in Florida. I really want to talk about the boys' school in Florida. Um... Because it was, it was really difficult uh, to hear about. <laughs> it was like, oh, man. But it's also not a very old story. So, you know, I don't know. I'm up for suggestions. I did get some suggestions from our listeners. Ooh, um, okay. So, Send
1: those in. Yeah.
0: And some of them were, well, there was one that, you know, I knew about because it happened in Ohio when I was in college and I had it was included in like a cons- that I had to write about in um, my site class so I kind of knew some of it but and then there's another one a suggestion on the, the wild west because there was a uh, family in the wild west who did some really fucked up things so I, it'll be yeah. it'll be one of those.
1: Okay, can't wait.
0: I know. All and right. If well, I think
1: of anything, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, and that's that's baby farming, guys. That is baby farming. Yeah, whoop whoop.
1: You could yeah, make nothing. millions
0: of dollars doing it and only be fined hundred and fifty bucks.
1: Right? No, you can't. Not nowadays. <laughs> you will get you will get hunted down.
0: Yes, you will die. Hopefully. Or go to jail, right? Yeah, really hard goodbye. to to get someone executed these days. People live right. on which is, death row for a long time, which I'm okay with. Yeah, but yeah, um, I guess two wrongs don't make a right. But still, I think that someone living, you know, I want to think that life in prison is more torturous than being executed, but the anxiety of living on death row and not awful. knowing like, you know, you're going to die, but you don't know exactly when, or even when you get an execution date and it's well in advance and you have to live knowing that that is the last day of your life. I imagine that's right. really excruciating. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So I don't know. Which messed is up. Long, honestly, messed up stuff. I know people bad. are constantly pleading guilty to murder charges to get life in Senate, life in prison as opposed to the death penalty. But right. I don't know that life in prison is much better.
1: I don't know. Well, and it just depends on well, life in prison you're alive, there's a possibility you can appeal, you can appeal, you know, whatever, but
0: that's true. And I think that's why people want life in prison because they think that they can appeal it. And eventually get off of murder charges. But I don't know. I don't I don't think I would want to spend the rest of my life in jail. I
1: don't. No, definitely I not. also
0: definitely don't want to know the day I'm going to die. I don't want to know. If you're a psychic out there, please don't tell me.
1: Just don't. You can come at me.
0: I'd <laughs> no, like I to don't know. Wanna know. I don't want to know. I'd like to know. Um, unless I die at 95 in my sleep.
1: Oh god, yeah, please let it be in my sleep though. Yeah. Um, but um
0: yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like
1: to go get a
0: get a reading. You know, talking about the death penalty. And I I don't this really doesn't fit in anywhere, but I read recently that people maintain consciousness up to oh. a couple of seconds after and even like when they're beheaded. They would maintain consciousness as long as blood was in the brain. So you could potentially see that you're dead. And they say now that, that people for a couple of seconds or whatever know they've died. They're, okay. they're conscious of it. There's brain activity after death. Um, so They're aware that they've passed on. Right. Well, Sure. Human I don't know suffering. If, I don't know at what point, you know.
1: But you're like, you're conscious like, you know, your spirit's conscious after death. You yeah. know,
0: all like so it it's just If you know. believe in that kind of thing. If you believe in that. But if you believe in that kind of thing. Yeah. Just on a scientific approach, it you are conscious enough to know that you have died. For at least a second. Right, there's a moment where you're like, "I'm dead," and that's so weird. (laughs) It is
1: so weird because I have had dreams where I I love that
0: shit. I I I need to do that. I need to do research that. But,
1: um, yeah, that's more um, science. I have amazing thoughts about that, and then um. Also, I really like want to get into hospice um too, just to work with more people that are, are at the end of life.
0: So many cool stories from hospice nurses. our hospice nurses out yeah. there don't get nearly enough credit for what they do they are holding they do your hand. from the
1: fam they do from the families that are there, and then it's you know depending on the family but I do hear how amazing hospice nurses are yeah from time to time
0: yeah they're they're the unsung heroes because they're holding your it's an amazing thing band. they're
1: there for people like even when the families like can't be yep I'm, I'm gonna there. send you something I'm gonna send you something it's absolutely amazing it's a it's a um a, a hospice doctor
0: do I, um
1: awesome. yeah uh zach bush and he talks about how many people well he just talks about the end of life um in a in a like um in a little quick blurb it's like a monologue like a 10 minute monologue and it's it's a beautiful thing awesome. to hear him talk yeah i'll send it to you if you
0: care to listen yeah I, anyway I call her, we I got call a hospice nurse on tiktok and she tells some pretty cool stories yeah okay
1: maybe i should too yeah yeah she's cool yeah i'm really like uh, i i'm looking to advance to a higher calling I'm yeah not, i'm not i'm not really
0: into what i'm doing right now it has to be hard but it has to be fulfilling oh, right and right. you're one of those real super nurturing people i'm see i'm not Level, level me, level me up. Yeah, well you I, yeah. You are, you got into nursing because not for money I or you got for, because you care about people. You like, you told me you love your
1: patients. That's what you love I love, love my, my patients. Job. That's the only reason why I go to work. Yeah. <gasps> and that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it's to make a difference. I and I, I assume that even if I wasn't it. a nurse, I'd find people
0: on the street.
1: Yeah. Well, you're one of you the
0: people that just people are drawn to because you've got that a caring spirit about you. Whereas I'm like null and void of feelings. I'm like, <gasps> <do you> mean <gasps> that alone? car just drove straight through that every single stop sign. Oh, <gasps> sorry. I know. I'll tell you what. My neighborhood has these stop signs to slow people down because there's one main drag that goes, it connects two main roads. And that car just blew through three of them while I'm watching it. Like, didn't even slow down. Just boom, gone. Good for you. I saw hope you, you get where you're going. Hope you get where you're going. I saw you. Oh, and of course, you know, my stepson was in a motorcycle accident yesterday. So, like, I have, I'm already kind of tense about people acting dumb and <laughs> driving uh-huh. stupid. So, I'm like, oh yeah i'm always tense about people driving stupid well there's kids in my neighborhood it's the day after christmas it's like lord
1: yeah kids are out and about walking riding new uh bikes whatever
0: yeah we lived in
1: when we lived in houston that kid was hit by a car yep in our neighborhood oh that was terrifying we were at the bus yeah well we we're at I the just, bus stop i think and then... about that
0: One of the kids from the bus stop, and this was back in the days when all the kids congregated at one area for a bus stop. Yes. He runs down to the main drag to look for the bus, the main street outside of our neighborhood, and we watch as a car just plows him over. It was was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I don't even know what um, happened to him. I think he was okay. I know. Me either. Me either. But that was so long ago yeah so Uh, we we've just diverged well off of the topic but that's cool
1: that's okay that's okay (laughs) all right
0: all right i'll call it thanks for listening thanks thanks for listening guys send me any of your topics i will be posting on our social media pictures of these horrifying people who have killed young babies
1: i want to see them all right i've seen them I'll get that
0: posted today.
1: And we will see y'all next week. See you next week. For a surprise episode. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Yes. Bye.